Hello, my name is Samuel George London and welcome to Comics for the Apocalypse. On today's episode, I speak to comic book writer and hilarious dude, H.S. Tack, about what comics he would take into an alien invasion apocalypse. But before we get into it, I'd like to give a quick shout-out to our sponsor, Comic Scene, who have a new summer special coming out this June. The special feature, This special features strips from the 77, Brawler, Space Warp, Sentinel, Wallop, and, of course, the Comic Scene Annual plus a free limited edition print of the cover is included with every purchase. To get your copy of the summer special, you must be part of the Comic Scene Comic Club, which is available from just £3 a month at comicscene.org. Now, without further ado, on with the show. Hello, HS Tack. How's it going? Hey, Mr. London. Thank you for having me on, man. It's an absolute pleasure Um, and uh, great to uh to, to have you on the show um because this, this has been in the works for for a wee while um and it's uh through um a uh, uh, mutual acquaintance of ours anthony pollock who's um a, a, a great connector of in in the world of comics um and uh on that note um for anybody that hasn't come across you just yet what do you do in the world of comics um, I just write a bunch of nonsense on the page and the artist translates it and, uh, it ends up, uh, getting published somewhere after a long process and, uh, you guys can go read it. <laughs> Amazing. Um, and, uh, what's, what's your most recent publication? Uh, the most recent book is called Redshift. It's, uh, a, a family space, uh, saga i guess um survival saga and yeah it's absolutely fantastic i've read it um and and i highly recommend everybody going to go check it out um i assume it's available it's available right now isn't it yeah it just came out um a few weeks ago man so it should be it should be in your local comic book stores or you can get it from scoutcomics.com yeah, it's, on, it's through Scouts as well, isn't it? Yeah. Um, through Scout Comics. Um, that's fantastic. And just to, as you he, as he said, it's kind of a family survival story. And it's a sci-fi um, family survival story. Um, and uh, for, when I read it, um, I kind of got a feeling of almost meta-barons from it. Um, am, am I right in thinking that at all? Uh, yeah, Definitely. You, you, it, it's got, um, yeah, it has a, it has, uh, it's all about, you know, how do we, how do we survive up there and how, what does it do to your family? You know, and what are the choices each, each family member has to make in order to, you know, keep pushing on? That's awesome, man. Um, and, uh, what, what issue number are we up to at the moment? So two, two is going to come out in, um, August. Excellent. So, and it's and it's a six issue series as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's going to be six issues. Scout has a little stagger between issue one and two, so yeah, nice. Um, and just looking at the uh, cover for issue two, um, I, I I love the fact that you know they're they're basically they're playing golf 
on the surface yeah. of Mars. Yeah. <laughs> it's nice. You got to have some fun up there. Life's pretty harsh. So you got to find ways, you know, Oh, totally, dude. Totally. So no, yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll definitely be getting that um, as well. Issue two when it when it comes out in August. Um, so that's absolutely fantastic. Um, and uh, where else can people find you online? Uh, online, I'm usually uh, hanging out on Instagram, um, and sometimes on Twitter uh, too. The, the, I have the same handle for both. It's H S Tronic, H S T R O N I C. Excellent. And uh, those links will be in the show notes for everybody to go click through to and uh, check out whilst we're chatting. Uh, Now, Himka, um, unfortunately, I've got some bad news for you. And uh, that is on top of the pandemic that we're currently living through. Um, Some aliens have just landed. And I, I don't know if you've been watching um or following the story that the US Navy have actually kind of come out with official statements that kind of UFOs exist we didn't know if they were extraterrestrial or not turns out they were extraterrestrials so my question for you is what is your action plan for survival man this is it's it's tough because like <laughs> is it like predator alien or is it like a xenomorph you know like what kind of do they like do they like land or do they like water um, so since I don't, I guess I don't know that yet, my plan would be to get a radio and go down into a hole somewhere, a bunker, I guess for now until I learn more. Nice. And then, and then just wait for some Intel. Yeah. Yeah. And then maybe may come up with a smart strategy from there. Uh, with a what, sorry? With a flamethrower. With a flamethrower, even better. Just in case. Now, yeah, now, would this be a boring flamethrower as well? <laughs> a, a boring one? <laughs> no. Um, I mean, if it would, that would be even better, right? Because then I have more options, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but uh, no, that, that sounds like a good plan. And would anybody be joining you in the bunker? You know, I thought about it, man. It, it's if I feel like they'd be slowing me down. You know, I need to... I need to be loose, nimble, quick. So I feel like solo in the beginning. It, it's going to be tough because I do have two kids and a wife, so I don't know what I'm going to tell them. But. <laughs> you snooze, you lose. Yeah. <laughs> nice, man. Um, so uh, whilst you're you're down in the bunker, um, just kind of, you know, waiting for some intel uh, through the last little bits of communication that we've got going, perhaps kind of so, some radio networks are still able to function um, and, uh, and perhaps some Morse code or something like that. And you're just kind of sitting in your command chair with a with the flamethrower in hand at the ready. <laughs> waiting well, for, morning morning a lot for my kids. <laughs> Yeah, right. That's it. Um, you start contemplating um, your career in comics and kind of the, the comics that you used to enjoy. And the first question that comes up is, what's the first comic you remember enjoying? Yeah, so the first comic, um, the first comic I remember reading, but I don't quite remember it, was um, were these Tintin books. Like they're real small paperback books. Uh, I used to visit, um, so I have family in India um, and I would go visit cousins when I was little and they'd have, I think that's like the only type of Western books that they had there. 
So I would just pick them up and read them. Um, and I just, uh, I guess that's like the first thing I can remember reading. Um, and I think I was drawn to like the adventure and the travel, you know, they're always on boats and pirates and, um, sometimes, you know, spaceships and stuff like that. So that was my first, I guess, draw into, into comics. Nice. And, and were they, were they in English or yeah, they were, were they, yeah, yeah, they were, they were in English. So I think, you know, a lot of times they'd use them to teach kids English there. Yeah. So it was, um, yeah, that was, that was the first thing I, I remember, like, you know, getting drawn into. Excellent. And then what age were you? <clears throat> uh, probably, you know, seven, eight, nine. Nice. I was pretty young. Um, yeah. And so when, when you'd read these and kind of, you know, been absorbed into the world of Tintin, um, did you did you ever did you start trying to create your own stories or were you just an avid reader? Um, no, I, I did I did create stories um, ever since I was a kid. Uh, they weren't comics though; they were mostly just you know dribblings on a page about you know short short little stories. Um, I would try and give them to you know my grandmother or my 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 family, my brother. Um, no one really enjoyed them, I don't think. But definitely, um, I, I was always uh, I was always writing something. Nice. And and when did the idea of trying to get a, a comic actually published come come to you? Man, that happened. Uh, so the first comic I did, Boy One, um, I think came out in two thousand sixteen or seven. I think it was two thousand sixteen. Uh, and the reason it came about was because I, so I've been working in the film industry um, in production and uh, I directed a few short films. Um, I went to school f- uh, at NYU for writing, uh, for dramatic writing. And so none of the, so all the stuff I've written though, like none of it was getting anywhere really in Hollywood, right? So it's it's very hard to, to, to get your stuff made, um, especially if it's sci-fi and it's sort of, um, a lot of special effects and, uh, you know, um, high concept type stories. Mm-hmm. So I was like, let me, let me think of a different way to, to express these stories because you always, as a writer, um, or any kind of artist, you want to, uh, you kind of are driven to get some kind of, whether it's, val- I'm not sure if it's validation or it's at least someone seeing your work and kind of, um, having some understanding that it's out there, you know, and that you're telling some story. Uh, whether it's good or not, you know, I don't know. That's up to, up to the, the audience. But um, so that sort of thinking of how do I get this story out? Because it's very difficult for a no-name writer to, to make a film. Um, I, I went back into comics because I was, you know, I've always, I've always read them and it's, it's always been a part of my life somehow. Um, so I was like, why not just create them, you know? Nice, and uh, that's when you came up with the the idea for Boy One, um, and and what was the process like in terms of trying to actually get that published? Uh, it was it was interesting. Um, so Boy One uh, was based off a screenplay that I had written. Um, so again, I was trying to you know get it in you know so people could see it. Um, and I think at the time, um, someone had suggested after after I put it together. Uh, I found an artist um, that was a process in itself. I think I probably went out to like 50 of them and 
maybe 10 of them responded and somehow we, you know, I got, I convinced one of them to, to, to get on board with me. Um, so that took time. We, we did the first issue. Um, and then I would just, you know, send it out, not get any responses. So someone suggested, why don't you go to cons, like from a different industry, you know, not comics related. I don't know. I think they were in sales for something. Mm. Um, and they're like, why don't you go to cons? Because you meet a lot of people there and, you know, maybe you can show people the work. So I got it printed. I went to um, different cons everywhere I could, everywhere I could drive, basically. Um, and I would try and pitch my book. Now, I don't recommend it generally because it's very difficult to get people's attentions at cons. Yeah. Uh, you've probably seen how you've seen Thought Bubble, I'm sure, or some of the cons out there. Yeah, it's manic. <laughs> yeah, it's it's um it's crazy. So it's uh, so basically, I got I got lucky in the sense that I had um my letterer was Janice Chang, who's a pretty big, well known um uh professional in the in the industry, um and she she was able to um introduce me to Chris Ryle at IDW. And the meeting literally was like a minute long because um, it was smack middle of San Diego Comic-Con, which is probably the biggest con in, in the U.S. Um, and Chris was a CEO, COO of IDW at the time. Um, and so Janice is like, Chris, meet this guy, Himkar. He wants to show you something real quick. And I don't know what I said, man. I think I just I spit out some BS at him. and. <laughs> More well, to works, more to like get me away. He's like, here, take my card and just just hit me up later. I got to go to a panel. So I was like, all right, cool. I got his card. Um, I think through through Janice's connection, though, um, he took a look at the book. The art was really good, um, and he was like, let's do it. And I was like, all right, let's do it. So that was cool. I think the main thing I I learned was like work with people that are better and smarter than you. Uh, because they can, in the end, sort of um, connect the dots where you can't, you know? Definitely, that's some great advice. Um, and uh, yeah, and can you know, hopefully open, open some doors um, for you, make those opportunities and kind of the, the, obviously the preparation that you'd done as well met the opportunity um, and it, it all worked out so that's absolutely fantastic um and how did um the opportunity to publish with scout comics come about oh that's so that's um that was a little odd story too uh redshift i you know i've been working on it for like five years with brent um and we had issue one done a while ago uh i guess it probably wasn't a great issue because i had sent it around everywhere even after boy one was published and never heard back you know, um, the same thing, like you're just sending it into a black abyss of the internet. Mm. Um, so, but somehow like, you know, we kept working on it. I kept getting notes from other people. Um, I got some really good notes from Will Dennis, who is, um, who's an, who was an editor at, at, at Vertigo and is now doing some image stuff and just, um, sort of outside the publishing, uh, editor right now. So, he gave me he gave me some notes. I got some notes. Kept making it better. Um, I applied to submitted to AfterShock at some point, and it just um, they loved it. Um, I think genuinely because they you know we kept talking. It just wasn't the right fit. I don't know why. I think they had they must have had a book similar or some kind of you know space saga. 
Mm. Um, so, but what happened was um, Jim Pruitt worked at at Aftershock, and his twin twin brother worked at Scout, and he gave when they passed on it, he gave it to um, James Pruitt and his twin brother, and was like, "Hey, look at this book." And he showed around Scout. They liked it, and they reached out to me on Twitter. Unfortunately, I wasn't like checking Twitter that often. Um, and so I, I didn't get back to him within like, till like six months later. Oh, no. <laughs> and finally I was like, Oh dude, I didn't see this, this message, like this direct message you guys sent me, but yeah, I'm still interested. You know, I'd be interested to show you guys more and talk about the book. And they're like, we love it. Um, can we do it? And we're like, yeah, I was like, yeah, let's do it, man. Amazing. That's so cool. And, and great that, you know, they weren't bothered like there was a six month gap <laughs> between no, I, your points I, of contact. No, they're cool, man. They're they're creators and writers and I think they just yeah. you know, if they like something they'll do Understood. it. Understood. You know? Yeah, exactly. No. That's fantastic, man. Such great stories to get to get your work published. So congratulations. Yeah, hopefully uh, I, I just hope they're all that easy, man. Um yeah. that the the publisher DMs you rather. I don't think that's also common. No, definitely um, not. But <laughs> You know, it is what it is. Let's see what happens with the next ones. Hundred percent, man. Best of luck. Uh, now, uh, moving back to your bunker, um, and you're getting a bit of an itchy trigger finger on the old flamethrower. Um, the next question that comes up is, what's the funniest comic that you've read? The funniest comic. Um, the funniest comic. I think. I. I you know, I've, I read a lot of these funny books, so it's it's definitely difficult to choose one. Um, but if I'd have to choose a comic book, like more of a comic comic book, rather than like The Far Side or, or Calvin and Hobbes type book, I would say Preacher um, by Garth Ennis. Just nice. because uh, there's that, it's just, it's, there's a one image of, of Preacher, um, Preacher, I forget, I forget what the guy's name was, man, in the book, because it's been so many years. Um, and it's a profile shot of him, and he's standing across this, you know, just, just typical white supremacist. supremacist. And I, I put the quote down here. It's, he says, why is that the greatest champions of the white race are always the worst examples? You, where the f- is your chin? So, cause the guy didn't have a chin, you know what I mean? It's just, it's so, it's so self-aware. And at the same time, it's so dead on, man. If you've seen, you know, the last election cycle in the U S these guys were everywhere, right. Um, yeah. on every side. Uh, and it's true. It's, it's what he said was true, man. It's so true at the same time. Um, self-aware of what he was, you know, what he was writing in his own joke. I don't know. I just thought it was brilliant. And, and I laughed. You know, I laughed out loud, yeah. which is pretty rare in a book. It really is rare when that happens and you genuinely do laugh out loud. Um, but it's great to kind of have that moment. Um, and uh, yeah, and no, I obviously that, that's a, that's an absolute standout. Um, so that's, that's fantastic. Um, now, uh, moving on to our next question. Um, what's the saddest comic that you've read? Um, I think there was a book a few years ago called Alex plus Ada. Um, that was, 
it for some reason it just gripped me, man. I don't know, you know, I think androids had been on like the human subconscious for a while and I was always thinking about what life would be like um with androids and more like AI type um technology more, you know, more and more prevalent um as it's getting now. So I picked it up, I read it, uh it was really good. Um and you know, it's like a it's a standard type Romeo Juliet, but it's still um, the end of it. I don't want to ruin it, but it still got me, you know, because you're always like, why can't, why can't it work between two people? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, no matter what their, their differences are. Um, and it's just the way I guess life is sometimes. Um, and you kind of wish for that fairy tale, but it, you know, the reality of life is always there, always present. So I don't know. It kind of uh, hit me in the feels, man. <laughs> Straight up. Um, and, and just to give uh, the listeners a bit more of a feel for the story. Um, so I think, is it is it Alex is the is a human? Yes. And then Ada is, is, a, is an android. So Alex is a human sure. um, yeah. who just goes through a, a, a bad breakup, I think. And... You know, his friends, his family are trying to get him to get over it. He's in a depression. Um, and his grandmother buys him um, Ada, which is a brand new, you know, um, android that's sort of like a best friend type of android. Super expensive, right. you know, you know, mm. not many people can afford to have it. Um, and so he he gets Ada and he's like, you know, I can't. I'm not, this is not going to work. I'm not, I need, you know, I need a real connection, but slowly his real connection evolves with Ada. Um, and he sort of sets her, her free and they have this, you know, significant and beautiful love story. Mm. So that's, I think that's the crux of what, you know, what had gotten me, um, with it. It's a really, really good, um, super simple, um, Story, storytelling, but it, just a really effective, effective way to, I don't know, kind of grab my emotions. That's beautiful, and yeah, sometimes the the simplest stories can be can be the best as well, and and most effective as well, um, because the emotion is so clear. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'm always trying to I always go by that uh, the 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 ideology of kiss. Keep it super simple. Hundred percent, man. Hundred um, percent. Now, changing gears, um, the next question that comes up in the bunker is: What's the scariest comic that you've read? Um, so you know, I don't, I don't, wa- I don't read too much horror. So this was tough for me. I think what I'll say is: There's a book I read recently from an, from an image writer uh, called Haha, um, and it's not it's not like on your nose horror, but there's a, there's a creepiness to it. Um, the first book is about a clown who loses his job. So it doesn't sound like it's, it's really scary. Um, but he goes through a pretty, you know, I guess traumatic, um, experience and comes out changed. Uh, and his, you know, it ends and you don't know how deep that change, um, has been for him. And it, it, it leaves a level of thought after you've read it. Uh, you know, I was thinking about it a few days after. Um, 
so it had it had just like an underlying sort of creepiness that that existed within that that world um and it felt pretty real too at the same time so i don't know i just uh, i guess I, that would be my choice and i probably wouldn't read much of it because um down in the bunker i'd probably be worried already it's <laughs> like a like a clown is gonna turn yeah. up in the bunker just in the corner and yeah. just like creep you out sorry him what was that i said i'd burn my own bunker down and and then um <laughs> yeah man 100 percent. then you'll be in trouble yeah. um but uh yeah no it, it, even the covers seem creepy like the the issue one is a is the clown kind of and he's looking down at you yeah as the reader but he's pulling out like a like a um you know the bunting yeah um, like the handkerchiefs that are tied to one another like and pulling it out of his mouth it's like what's going on there obviously it's, it's a magic trick but like there's something nefarious about it <laughs> no man i mean just in general clowns man they're just yeah. I, mean, I don't Creepy. want i don't want to deal with clowns man <laughs> yeah i don't want anything to do with it yeah totally that's fantastic um now uh moving on to uh one of my favorite questions and that is what is your favorite cover yeah so this this is um this is tough man because Again, there's covers are like ubiquitous. Like they're just they're everywhere, and there's so many. They're just they're endless, mm-hmm. right? And you go to the shelf, yeah. you just it feels like you're in a sea of covers. Mm-hmm. So I just figured the best thing I could do here um, because it's very diff- it's like a difficult question. I would I'm gonna plug an artist that I that I've, has been doing covers for me for a while. His name is Zach Howard. Um, he did my alt cover for Boy One, which um, which I really liked because um, honestly, the cover was better than the book, man. It's, it was just a guy with a bunch of glowing pills in his hand, looking down and you're looking from his perspective um, down at mm. a city, you know, a city that's sort of futuristic. You can tell there's, there's AI and there's, you know, a future that we haven't gotten to yet, but it's coming. Um, and so I just thought it was intriguing how he pulled it off Um and I, don't know, I I would say that's that the the alt cover for for Boy One Issue One by Zach Howard uh, would be my favorite cover. That's really cool, man. Um, yeah, no, it's it, that looks it's a really nice cover. Um, the perspective is great because you can kind of see because he's clearly in a hotel room. Yeah, right? yeah. Um, looking down onto the city and like the the top bit of the cover is you being able to see out onto the city below as well so like you've kind of got that cool perspective there um and getting that perspective right because you can see you know he's sitting on a bed got the pills in his hand one hand resting on his knees yeah no pants on um and his feet as well and getting that that perspective right but also the proportions of feet to hands when you're looking down I mean, that's, that's really technical. Yeah, man. Zach, um, Zach's a really good, I mean, he's one of the best artists, I think. And he has, he just does a bunch, he does a bunch of stuff for, for bigger publishers, but his, his, mm-hmm. his best work is also, I think his own, 
his own books. Like he had a really good one called um, Wild Blue Yonder with IDW at the same time I had Boy One out. Um, and he's just he's just uh, he's just a great artist. He, he he's been working at it for a long time. Totally, man. It's really good. Now, another one of the Boy One covers that I wanted to ask you about was issue three. So on issue three, there's, um, you know, it's a mother and a son by the looks of it, is it? Um, and uh, there's a there's kind of a cinema in the background and there's Red Shift playing at the cinema. Oh, the uh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> I, I thought they changed. Okay, that so they actually put Redshift on there. That's funny. Yeah, so I've got I've, I've got it on the IDW um, website here. Oh man, I gotta um, get that cover. I, I gotta find it somewhere. Yeah, dude. So th- that that was intentional, I assume. Yeah, that was. So I must. I, yeah, I think I probably had started Redshift by then. So I was like, let's plug it here. Let me yeah, build man. that universe. <laughs> Why not? That was fantastic, man. It's all about those. Uh, those Easter eggs and planting you know, those seeds. So, so good work. I, I think I remember that cover now. And that that artist, um, Brent McKee, is the artist for Redshift. Oh, perfect. So there yeah. you go. It yeah. all connects, man. It all connects. Yeah. That's great. Fantastic. Um, cool. Uh, now, um, moving on to another of my favorite questions, and that is, uh, what's the most meaningful comic to you? Uh, so this one, this is super easy, man. I think I think the most meaningful is Calvin and Hobbes. It's not a traditional um, comic. Uh, I don't know. Have you read Calvin and Hobbes before? Oh yeah, yeah. I've I, I've read some of it. I'm not an avid. I haven't been an avid fan or anything. But um, yeah, of course, I've, I don't know. I've read I, I just, and Bobs. I I grew up. I grew up um, reading it, and just something about the the kid and his tiger and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I don't know. I just, I grew up on that book, basically. You know, it was like um, milk and cookies for me. Uh, <laughs> so I just, I started reading it when I was young. I think the Tintin sort of got me into, because he's always having adventures with his tiger. Um, and then I stuck around because as you grow older and you read it, it means something different. Uh, and you can kind of get behind um, behind the scenes of, of what, uh, Bill Watterson, the writer, is trying to get at where you don't you don't see it as a as a kid, but you can see it when you're when you're a little bit older. So that thing carried me through you know high school and college, and even today I, I haven't picked it up as much. Um, but I I think um, I don't know. There's just something about it that that I it, I would say it shaped me and uh, who you know how I look at the world because I was so, so into it. Um, I would get his, his, his hard covers, his soft covers, you know, whenever they come out, I'd be at the bookstore looking for it. Nice man. Isn't it incredible when, you know, you see, you feel so passionate about something and well, that it actually has such an impact on who you are as a person as well. Um, just, and obviously you kind of, you've learned lessons from it. And you implement that into your daily life. Yeah, it's it's awesome, man. Um, there's there's this quote that I love. Uh, I think from Jackie Robinson, who was the, the American baseball player, African American, the first mm-hmm. one. Um, he said, "Life has no meaning except in the impact it has on other lives." So wow. when I, I mean, I I think I I 
I found that quote in high school and I, it stuck with me and, and Calvin and Hobbes um, had that kind of impact on me for sure. Uh, and it's probably one of the reasons I, I, I want to write too, you know, I want to, you want to sort of leave something. Yeah, man, make, make your mark on history um, and potentially, yeah, help, help somebody learn a lesson or just remind somebody about something that's important um, in the, in the future and kind of, they can have that same feeling of, you know, this thing that HS Tack wrote has stuck with me through my life and kind of it's helped point me in the right direction. Yeah, that, <laughs> that would, that would be a dream, man. I don't know if, my, if I'm yeah. that good yet, but definitely that's what you're trying, you know? Yeah, exactly. No, that's awesome, man. Super cool. Uh, now, um, our next uh, question that comes up in the bunker is what's the most underrated comic that you've read? Uh, this one, I would say um, there's there's a Vertigo book that I started reading called Fables a while ago. Um, and it's just a, a big, you know, dramatic soap opera fairy tale. And I guess a lot of people, I mean, I know it is popular, but it's not, it's not up there in like the pantheon with like the great, great vertigo books, I don't think. Um, but I think it, it is one of them um, just because the, you know, he, the, just the flair of the storytelling, the, the pageantry, the boldness to take like a fairy tale and turn it into like, you know, cigarettes and drugs and, and sex, you know what I mean? <laughs> um I just thought it was, uh, I don't know, at, at the time when I was reading it, I thought, damn, like you could really do, um, you could really take a com- like a story and do anything you want in com- in a comic. Like you can make it anything you want to if, if you, you know, if you can just do it. So I think, yeah, basically the pageantry of that book, um, I feel is a little bit underrated and uh, I really dug it. Nice. And am I right in thinking that it kind of, it tells different types of folk stories? Yeah. So it takes the fairy tales. It takes, takes the, the characters, you know, like that we've all Mm -hmm. grown up with, um, like the big bad wolf and snow white and, and, um, all these, all these characters that we've grown up with and it, it puts them into like, uh, it gets behind their characters and who they really are and makes them real. They're not, they're not fairy tales anymore. You know, they, they, mm-hmm. again, like I said, they smoke cigarettes and, and they have relationships and they screw people over um, and they're greedy and they, you know, they have their own inside jokes. And so it's just, I don't know, it, it, it put a, a realistic spin on these, um, on these character, these Disney type characters that we've all, um, mm-hmm grown up with and it shows a different side of of them and then in in that way it shows a different side uh of 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 life i guess yeah and kind of shows that we're all kind of you know complex when it comes down to it we're not all disney characters where it's all black and white and things um and oh well at least kind of old school disney they've they've kind of they have up their game a little bit sometimes um in recent years haven't they but um yeah certainly kind of the old the old school it's like really black and white but yeah no um we're all a lot more complicated than that (laughs) and things can go terribly wrong just so easily 
Yeah, I mean, it, if I mean, we we definitely learned that last year, right? <laughs> Just a bit. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, now with the alien invasion upon us as well, um, it's uh, it's double trouble, unfortunately. Yeah, it's getting worse, man. <laughs> yeah, straight up. Um, now, um, coming to our final questions, um, what comic would you recommend to a friend who's never read comics? Uh, I would so uh, I would recommend Why the Last Man. Um, it's a Brian K. Vaughn book, um, and I think it it was one of the books that sort of got me reading comics again. Um, sort of like Tintin opened my my eyes to it when I was a little little boy. Um, this thing, I think, uh, when I was you know after after college, I started. You know, you take a hiatus when you're high school, college from reading, doing anything but, you know, drinking and partying, right? Then you 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 come back um, to something that you've always had as a kid. And I think I didn't realize it, that I was missing it until I read why. And I was like, damn, man, this, this is like this medium for storytelling is amazing. So um, I would say... Uh, I would say that book can get anyone into comics. I think just because the, the storytelling is very simple, pure, it's got its hooks. It's, it's funny, engaging, creative. Uh, it's got like a depth to it. Um, and he's, he's one of the great, you know, writers of our generation, I think. So it's, it's an easy way to show someone what comics can be. That's a great choice. And and the fact that it's kind of one smooth transition of a story as yeah. well. You know, you don't have to kind of get collections from different parts of, of a universe, you know. Um, yeah. You can kind of just read this one straight narrative. Yeah, it's got its own universe, right? It's like a... Yeah, exactly. It's a film um, that... Uh, what was it? Um, the Clive Owen film. What it's called, Children of Men. Children of Men, yep. yeah. It's got its own, yeah. like, you know, universe, and it's, I don't know, mm-hmm. it's just really, really cool. No, definitely. It's really good. Um, <clears throat> and I believe that um, it's got a TV series coming out. Yeah, that's what I series. That's what I heard. Um, yeah, I heard, it, like, you know, it had problems, but finally I think it's coming out, and I'm super excited for that because uh, – yeah, just another cool show to watch at night, you know? 100%. Yeah, no, that's going to be really good. Um, going to be very interesting to see how that does. And then hopefully that'll up the sales. Like people will get interested in, <clears throat> oh, this is actually a comic book. Buy the yeah. comic book. Discover that. And, and I mean, regular listeners of the show will know this, but that's how I got into comics. I got into it only about five years ago via The Walking Dead. Yeah, um, yeah. The TV yeah. show. Watched that, found out it was a comic, read the comic, absolutely blown away, and then just haven't stopped reading comics since. So, <laughs> yeah, you know, um, you know what you should do one day if you have time is to find the script, the pilot script for The Walking Dead uh, oh, episode yeah. one. Uh, it's amazing, man. It's like it's it's just so good, and it's based solely on the book. So it was uh, it was awesome to read that, and that nice. definitely like you know that would be my probably my next choice. Yeah, as well. No, fantastic. Uh, and then um, now that you've uh, let a friend 
borrow uh, Why the Last Man. Um, if you could only take one comic into the apocalypse yourself, which would it be? Yeah, so I'm just, I'm going to, okay, it's going to be Brian K. Vaughan again, and it's going to be Saga. And the only reason I can say this is because I haven't finished it yet. So I want to finish it. I'm not going to, I don't want to go in there without being like, oh man, I can't finish this. So nice. And you've still got the ending to, well, not the ending, but yeah, up to this point. Yeah. So I I don't want to keep thinking about, hey, you know, I'm fighting these aliens and, and blowing myself up. And I'm, my last thought is, damn, what happened in Saga? <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> well, no, it wouldn't be funny. It'd be, uh, it'd be tragic, really. That's, but... the, that's the only reason I would say that, because there's too many, you know, there's so many books I could have chosen here um, from the pantheon of, of comics. So I don't know. Yeah. That's, the nah, that's a good choice. No, that was fantastic. Um, so, yeah, with the uh, complete works of Saga up to this date, um, what weapon tool or useful item would you like to take with you as well? So we we already got that, right? We got. So can you tell me what, what these aliens are right yet or not yet? Right, yes. Um, so it's, it's basically, it's both. Oh so man! You, okay, so I got, they, they both land on yeah. the uh, on the planet at the same time. Yes, yeah, so I got my flamethrower, man. That should be good for both, I think. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, straight out flamethrower. Sorry, a hundred percent, definitely. I got Excellent. fire. You know, fire fire just helps take care of a lot of problems. I think. Totally, um, and then yeah, also you know you can make make cooking fires from it. Yeah, you know man. heat. Lots yeah. of things. It's good, man. Um, just with the, with the flamethrower, you just got to make sure you got kind of fuel for it and everything. Yeah. But you'll be good. Essential survival tool. <laughs> yeah, too right. Too right. Fantastic. Um, well, HS Tack, it's been an absolute pleasure finding out your comics for the apocalypse. Um, it really, really has been a real pleasure. Oh, man. Thank you for having me. Um, your show is awesome. So I was excited to get on and. Hopefully we can do it again down the road when other stuff is out. Oh, totally. You're always, always welcome back, Himka. And uh, for the listeners, one more time, where can they find you online? Uh, so I'm on Instagram and Twitter, and the uh, handle is HSTronic, uh, H-S-T-R-O-N-I-C. Nice. And again, those links are in the show notes. And uh Everybody, go check out Red Shift. Um, you'll be able to find it at your local comic book store. Um, I assume on Comicsology as well. Uh, which, uh, yeah, not yet, but eventually it not will be. Yeah. Cool, perfect. And you can always just go to Scout Comics website um, and, and order it from there as well. I think. Yeah. Awesome, sweet. Um, well, yeah, and also as as we said off air, if you, if you're ever dropping into London again. Um, hopefully our paths would cross uh, um, at a comic con uh, in the future yeah definitely man i, I plan on i plan on uh, coming out at some point so uh sweet. i will make sure you reach there. out dude yeah will do sweet cool man um well thanks again himka and uh yeah um i'll uh, i'll see you online cool man thank you so much take it easy dude Thanks again to Him Kerr for being on Comics for the Apocalypse. It was an absolute pleasure. 
If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review for us on iTunes or whichever podcast service you use, as not only will it let me know that you liked it, but believe it, it helps make other people aware of the show as well. If you'd like to check out Himka's work or follow him on social media, those links are in the show notes, along with all our own links to the various areas of the internet. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, be sure to visit Comic Scene's website at comicscene.org for comic news, the comic club, and other fun sequential art stuff. And finally, as long as the apocalypse doesn't come to pass in the next week, I'll see you next Monday. Bye for now.